Welcome everyone. You are here for episode four of the YMCA's new podcast interview series entitled My City, My Community, My Home. My name is Jeffrey Goodman. I'm the Director of Marketing and Development here. And honestly, like our guest today, when I first came up with the idea to do this podcast, this is one of the people I really, really wanted to interview. So today here with me is Graham Walker, President and CEO of Fiberbond. And uh, I'm super excited. So thanks for being thanks here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to be here. Absolutely. All right. So, so Graham, in, in 2018, you wrote an op-ed piece for the Shreveport Times in response to WalletHub ranking Shreveport 182 <laughs> out of 182 places to find I remember, a job. I remember the rankings were not good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I consider the piece you wrote as strong a state of the union on our community, you know, I guess we're not, as I have ever read. Here are the final lines from, from for those who may not have read it uh, yet. As a community, we must find a vision for Shreveport. The talented people of this city and region deserve it, but they will not wait forever. If we don't start demanding more, of our leaders and of ourselves will deserve to stay at the bottom of the list. I asked if you would be willing to come today and verbally update the piece you wrote in 2018 to what you now see four years later, and you generously agreed to do it. So Graham, if you were writing an op-ed on Shreveport Bossier in 2022, what would you say? Uh, I would say that uh, largely that still applies, right? I mean, it's a 30-year decline that we're trying to, to reverse here, so it's not going to be a uh, four-year solve. Um, you know, I do think you could have underlined, you know, premise of our article there was that uh, they're great assets here. They're great people. They're great things going on. Uh, yet, you know, we've talked about before that the, the ever-recurring theme of let's complain about Shreveport, let's complain about, forget Shreveport, North Louisiana. Right, um, because I have a hard time drawing the line at the river, um, and so that's still there. While good things are happening, you know, it's gonna, it's a, it's a long, long game. Uh, and I mean, I took, took the view then and, and now. You know, if it all goes well, I may live to see it. I'm forty, soon be forty three. It's a long, long fix. So, so <laughs> with this, with this next question. I'm actually looking to you for some guidance. Uh, every resident of this area has been in this situation at one time and will inevitably encounter it again. You're at a dinner party or around friends and someone starts putting down or bad-mouthing Shreveport Bossier. What's the right way to react if we hope to correct that type of behavior moving forward? Oh, this is the old uh, discussion I have with my wife. Like, let's let's make the conversation constructive versus just feeling good, right? Um, and so it's, I mean, that's you know that happens obviously the, uh, the the dinner party conversation, and I you know I guess my answer is very simple there. Uh, so what's so bad about it? You know, it's the crime. Oh, it's the this, the that. You know, lack of jobs. Okay, there's crime. There's a lack of economic opportunity. Uh, and so where is better? You know what what. If, if this is bad, what does good look like? Uh, is it Dallas? Because I mean, Dallas has got problems. Uh, they're, they're, you know, 
plenty of other problems that Dallas says that we don't. This is Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and they read the advocate headlines every day. And there's more crime going on in Baton Rouge right now than there is in Shreveport. And if it's economic prosperity, then yeah, that's a problem. Uh, I mean, the, the numbers would say it's a, it's a major problem here. Yet there are good things in, in, in place that are happening, that are taking traction. Uh, and so often, I think most people who say, you know, the, the comment of those about Shreveport don't really know what's going on, which is you know, part of the problem, I think, that we have a very difficult time here relative to other places that I've been, that a difficult time understanding what is actually going on, what's happening, who's doing what, what initiatives are in place to, why to make that? difference. Well, I, uh, I would say we don't have a functional newspaper. You know, the, the, plenty of stories you can go read about, about local newspapers that have been just decimated for various reasons. Yet, I mean, I, I look at Baton Rouge as an example that's, that's prominent in Louisiana, obviously. The Advocate's a very good newspaper. There's great local content there. There's great content really now from Alexandria to New Orleans. Uh, the two major areas that are not part of that are Shreveport and Monroe uh, currently. So, you know, in in absence of, of that voice in the community, um, you know, we get the, the Facebook syndrome of, uh, you know, so-and-so heard a gunshot, okay? <laughs> that, that, uh, my wife uh, says this a lot, you know, we go back to, Look at Shreveport in the early 1990s, 1993 murder, you know, peak in the, in the community, and there were plenty of bad things going on, but uh, perhaps that that was not the only thing being amplified. Uh, I think the only thing that we're hearing. So, and this is true, you know, nationally as well, right? I mean, we we all like to focus on the bad or the things that, that get clicks, and and typically that's not the the long term. We got to put these pieces in place and build an economic model that works. Uh, you, all the details that really matter. No, it's it's hard to get excited about sometimes, right? <laughs> because it is such a long game, and it's not uh, you know, the idea that you're going to go hire somebody that's going to go bring a huge project and have three thousand jobs show up overnight. It's not going to work that way, I don't think. But you know, if, if all goes well, we'll wake up in ten years, maybe five, if we're lucky, and say, all right, there's some progress being made here. Uh, that people finally start to understand and, and, and know about because it just takes a long, long time, I think. So. And so going back to what you said previously, you would ask someone, you know, what's so bad about being here? Have you have you actually been in a situation where... Oh, yeah, plenty of times. I mean, and, you know, so let's find out what, what bad is, but also what is good about this area? I mean, I drive 30 miles a day, or 30 miles one way, you know, twice a day, uh, to go to work and it takes me 32 minutes every day um, you know I can go within a mile of my house and be in several restaurants that are great uh, got good choices on schools good choices on churches good choices and just quality of life issues uh, that you know I'm not having to drive and fight you know 45 minutes of traffic to get to any of those locations right so that's a positive uh, cost of living is a positive here and you know there's still you look at what the med school brings into this area and why that's such an important thing to make sure we support. Uh, they're really interesting people who move here all the time. Uh, so, you know, I don't think we're in some great, you know, cultural gap uh, by being in Shreveport. But you know, there are plenty of places that people, you know, at some point somebody just has to be proud to be from where you're from. I mean, it, you know, it's the old thing of, you know, you've got to be from somewhere, and somewhere is better than anywhere. Uh, and, and you can go to any place, any number of places uh, for, for traveling. And it's, there's an anywhere kind of feel to it. I mean, you could take 
this community in Dallas, and it's the same as this community in Phoenix or Atlanta or Birmingham or Nashville. And, uh, you know, Shreveport, Bossier, North Louisiana has a feel to it that's, that is unique. Uh, that's positive. And at, at some point, you just have to embrace it. If, you can just, if you're choosing to stay here, find the good stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's the optimist in me speaking, but uh, you know, that seems to be more productive than being an eternal pessimist. And just staying on this for a second, is there anything else? I love, you know, I love asking someone, well, what's so bad? Is there, again, just kind of leaning on you or asking you for guidance? Because I think most of us in that situation, just if we feel, if that bothers us or if that's bothersome, we, we keep our mouth shut. So are there other things that you, you, you would suggest saying should that situation arise? Yeah, do something about it, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's another part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's in anything. It's so easy to chirp from the sidelines, but go find something to to, to improve. You know, a way to get involved. Uh, you know, there are plenty of organizations here that need help, that need people, and and need your time. So uh, be a little bit generous with it if you want to. You know, if you want to if you want to make a difference and, and move the needle, then move the needle. I don't know how to simplify it any more than that, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I've got a series of, of, of <laughs> quotes I've read from you through the years that I'd like you to comment on. Let's see if I remember it. <laughs> so. First one is, if your expectations are not high, you'll become what that expectation is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Expound upon that, or uh, if you'd like, or you still stand by that. No, I mean, look, it's why uh, it's why people are tired of working from home in their pajamas. At some point, you uh, you work like you're in pajamas. There's a point wearing a fresh shirt, having to put on your your boots every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's you know, the statement we we work on so often and talk about so much in our business is you know, if you look, you've got to deal with the cards that you dealt. And people are not perfect. And so how do we constantly take somebody who's perhaps not good at something and if they're willing to learn, how do we train them into being, you know, not just competent, but really starting to excel in that uh, and building that the mentality of, uh, of excellence. And, you know, that starts in, in expectations on everything, right? And so if you're willing to accept it, that's what you'll become. That's not great wisdom for me. I'm sure there are many other people that have said that, but I mean, it's, I do think it's true. All right, so the next one is, we don't make a great impression. Uh, that is so still very true. I mean, look, uh, there's, a, there's a group that's, that's worked to try to get just basic, forget trash, trash on I-49 and I-20. You know, where, I mean, I passed at exit 21 on the way in here, there's a, the same light pole and obviously came up with somebody's truck, you know, uh, light bulb that you bolt into a, uh, a foundation. Uh, sitting there, I don't know, two weeks now, it'll be there for another year. Yeah, it, we struggle for whatever reason to get some of the very basics done. And, you know, I think uh, more specific to Shreveport, you know, if you take, everybody's, well, how do we, how do we grow economic, you know, Grow the economy here. How do you make a better impression? Uh, all right, we've got all the data around sales tax. 
what areas of town generate sales tax. So forget areas of town, take the seven city council districts and say, all right, I'm gonna find that area of that district that generates the most sales tax. Make sure it gets mowed every week and picked out the trash, you know, make a good impression. And you, know, you have to start somewhere. So you can't, you're not gonna fix everything at once, but that seems like a simple way to kind of protect, uh, selfishly, if you're, if you're the city, protect the revenue dollars that you have. Uh, try to grow that start somewhere so. well I've been I've been privy to what I'm about to ask you um, I've, I've heard you say this before so, so so tell me what happens tell me tell me part of the problem that happens if you're trying to recruit someone and they fly in to Shreveport what what is just walk me through walk me through the process That's of, this slightly better this uh, person has never been to the area <laughs> and, and yeah. you, you fly them in uh, in an effort to convince them to come and work for you well I mean, what I said uh, you know, or said pre-pandemic was you fly into the airport you're gonna wait 20 minutes to get your first you know maybe get off the airplane certainly another 20 minutes to get your bag you're gonna go out and meet the feral cats not have a rental car have to take a cab go downtown take a left at the hustler club and go up to the Hilton I mean, that was the impression. Um, parts of that are still very true. I do think the airport's got a little bit better, maybe. Uh, I didn't see a cat in a while, but I haven't flown as much either, so maybe I'm missing them. Um, yeah, it, it takes some convincing. Well, one, I mean, I, I do think we struggle from an identity standpoint. Like, what are we really good at here? Um, and you know, if, you, if you were to go ask 10 people here, what is this area really good at? What do you, where does it excel? Uh, economically, even, I think you would have a hodgepodge of answers. You wouldn't have a consistent theme. Uh, because, you know, again, go back you know, 30 years ago, I mean, you had, AT, you had what was left of at at that point, but at one point that was 7,500 jobs on Mansfield Road. You had GM at 2,000 jobs. You had an oil and gas industry that was, was booming here. That was not just Angel Shale pumping gas out of here, but you know, independent, exploration people that were going in and putting their own money at risk and drilling opportunities and uh, a lot of those guys are, are no longer here um, so it, it, we've got a lot of a lot of opportunity around you know, medical uh, I think we're still great at manufacturing stuff <laughs> uh, I mean it's really important right now especially and you know, we have opportunities from a distribution standpoint uh, but we you know, we just haven't capitalized on, on a lot of that not all of that but a lot of that so Next, next quote. What this area needs and what's currently lacking is a sense of hope. Ooh, that's. Uh, I would say it's got a little bit better for me personally. Uh, perhaps just because you know some of the things that have been involved. I, I mean, I, look, I like to build stuff. I mean, that, I, putting putting a plan together and how do you implement it? How do you how do you get something growing? Um, so a lot of that heavy lifting is being done, has been done. And I think you're starting to see real fruit of that effort. So from a hope standpoint, I'm far more hopeful than I was even four years ago. Uh, so give me some specificity around yeah, that. Look, what, what, what are the things that you see that are making uh, you hopeful? So we're just gonna take down the list here. Uh, the BRF has done, which I'm part of, on the board of the BRF. Uh, the BRF has extremely interesting things going on for this area. Uh, NLEP, which has been a long time, you know, tw almost 20 years ago, that was split out of the Shreveport Chamber. Um, now, you know, spanning 14 parishes across the top of the state, uh, 
um, I think, frankly, just floundered for a long time. I mean, I, I've been pretty vocal with my opinion of, of the organization. And yet now, uh, Justin Dixon, the new CEO there, uh, just celebrated his one-year anniversary at the end of March. Uh, you've got, just go look at the numbers, the NLEP area, those 14 parishes, more projects announced in the past 12 months in terms of both jobs added, direct jobs added, not the indirect calculation that LED loves to do, the direct jobs, and CapEx dollars invested here, more done in 12 months there than the previous seven years combined. And uh, those are some those are longer term projects. You know, one of the VA Energy, I think, is a great example of, you know, people talk about, well, which organization's doing what, who's taking the lead on what, and, and a lot of that was really muddled, I think, in the past, but the VIA opportunity, a methanol plant, opportunity came to the NLAP, was then pushed to the BRF to run through their uh, their program. The BRF invested BRF dollars into that uh, company to help them get off the ground and brought in the port to go in, which is the, really the great kind of industrial asset that we have here, to go in and pass the revenue bonds and helping them get through permitting. Uh, and now they're, they're out raising uh, the debt dollars to get that facility built. If that happens, that's $600 million, potentially more. And you know, those are not just jobs, but those are, those are also tax dollars that are going to be coming to the community. In the past, I don't think you would have seen the amount of co really collaboration between those three entities, especially, uh, that you see now. That's a function of who's who's in those organizations. So much of it is, you know, not, who's going to be the, uh, you put the, the workhorse and the show pony, right? So many people want to be the show pony, but you got to have some workhorses there. And uh, those three organizations, if they can work together increasingly for this community, that's, I think, extraordinarily powerful. I mean, the, the port's got a tremendous balance sheet, has tremendous capabilities that you, know, you really wouldn't read the Louisiana legislation around what a port could do. It's mind blowing. Um, they got good leadership, leadership out there in Eric England. Um, they are, you know, doing, I think, got a great project going with the new kind of connector out to I 49. And uh, the BRF has got, you know, again, strong balance sheet, they have great ideas coming out of both the EAP program, the direct investment program that we're running, uh, the economic development program via Shreveport Next has got its own niche where they're you know, really trying to identify, identify targets that will come to Shreveport, smaller companies, and the BRF will even go so far as to invest in those companies to get them here. There's not, I, don't, I mean, I don't see any other community that's doing that. Uh, I'm sure there are, uh, and I'm just not aware of them. This community hasn't done that in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, again, not one of those organizations could do it alone. Uh, you know, LEP needs to be a just a world-class kind of project development sales organization, frankly. Uh, and when they get the right opportunity, how do you bring in the real, you know, the players that have the, the capacity, Port NLEP or uh, Port BRF, you know, private families uh, that have, have assets to invest in this community. You've got to be able to leverage the opportunity, the asset base that we have here. Um, I think that's all that's got a lot of good stuff going. It just takes time. <laughs> so, so hopeful, yes. Good. And you've been integral in all those uh, a bit of efforts. Yeah. So I just I want to make that clear. Lots to the of other people doing a lot more heavy lifting than I am. So another quote you said: "It feels like." In a lot of ways, and, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but it feels like, in a lot of ways, a very authentic, real place. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> you 
you can't bubble yourself in Shreveport. You can't bubble yourself in Bossier. You can't bubble yourself in Taylor, where I grew up. I mean, you're you're uh, you're going to be around. You're going to go to church with. You're going to go to restaurants with people who are very different than you. And you know, I, uh, I think of friends that I have that are you know, that live in areas of, of Nashville or Atlanta where uh, where it's it's just a whole lot of uh, looking the same and being and acting the same that, that goes on. You can't do that here. Um, I'm not. There's great. There are great things that are that are uh, kind of hidden in this area. I mean, I, 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 we may have talked about this before, but uh, if we have clients coming in, you know, the challenge of taking them to a restaurant that they're not going to go to in California or wherever they're from, uh, go to Lucky Palace because they're going to be terrified the moment they show up. They're going to be sure. convinced you're going to absolutely you know lead them into a robbery <laughs> scenario. And yet, phenomenal food, phenomenal people, you know, James Beard award-winning wine list, I mean, all this kind of stuff. And it's in a motel in Bossier that, you know, you would never expect. Uh, people just don't get that experience. And again, I, I mean, it's authentic because, we, I mean, we're also surrounded by poverty here. I mean, you're, you're in, a, in an area that, uh, you know, still has tremendous amounts of poverty and uh, you can't hide from it. You know, that's that's so much of the motivation you know for me personally to, to try to to provide you know, whether it's jobs directly through the business that i work with or through kind of how do you create an economic culture where you keep growing at that opportunity set i mean there are great people that need jobs i mean the salt of the earth kind of people that will have you know, great character and want to work but you just have to have opportunities there Next one is, how do you create what's happening in other cities? How do we do that here? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> uh, Baton Rouge would die to have as many bridges as we have. They would die to have the interstate infrastructure that we have. Um, and yet they've grown, we haven't. And, you know, I do think that's a, that's a super complicated question with no great answer yet, but you know, I think right now, especially you look at, at different parts of the country that are really struggling to find workforce. We talk about struggling to find workforce, places that really can't find people. And I mean, that's, that's again, the, the great untapped asset that we have. I mean, uh, I was speaking with someone that was looking at relocating here last week, uh, business, and, and made the comment, I mean, if I take Minden where our business is based, and I get, draw a 45 minute, 45 mile radius, uh, circle out. Probably come up with 12 little towns that in 2007, 2008 had sawmills. You know, they had forest products businesses that were there, you know, long time uh, kind of pillars in the community, and they're all gone. Not, you know, not in every town, but a lot of towns in this area. And yet, not all those people are gone. Some of them have found great employment since then, but uh, there is an available workforce here that's got a background and kind of a DNA around building stuff, working hard, uh, you know, buying into the idea that, you know, we can do something that nobody else can. And you know, I think you still see that somewhat in the, uh, and certainly in Shreveport with the, the, the parts of, you know, the GM folks that are still here that, that used to be GM folks. Uh, it's a great place to build something. And so, you know, I think we have to, again, figure out what our real strengths are, what do we want to focus on and, you know, uh, we may not be Silicon Valley 
uh, 2.0 or 3.0 or 5.0 at that time. But uh, we can be a really good manufacturing company, be a great distribution hub. You know, we've got, yeah, I think one of the articles I wrote was you're talking about the, the new, at that time, presence of Oshner in this community. You look what Oshner's accomplished here in four years. It's phenomenal. So we're good at that. We've got a med school. That's it. Say Louisiana, that's a huge asset. <laughs> Other people really want it. So uh, we have to be able to support things you know, and identify, you know, not kind of like making the sales tax idea in the city, city council districts. Uh, don't try to do everything. Just find three or four things that we can be really good at. And let's give total effort towards that. All right. I, we might be at my final question. We may <laughs> continue. But um, this one is... If we're all too, your last quote, if we're all too busy to do it, if we don't see it as important to give back into the community and to try and do something, if we're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Yeah, who is going to do it? I mean, uh, you know, everybody's got plenty of time or plenty of things going on in their lives, right? And, uh, my wife likes to tell me that I have 36 hours in the day. She's probably right. Because <laughs> I don't like to think that. But, you know, again, I mean, if we would, so I've shared with you kind of around LEP, because it's a group of investors that got together and, and, and got involved with LEP uh, in 2020, it was, it was the same exact argument then to that group, which is if if you're running a large business here, that that is, you know, the ownership is still here. You're deeply entrenched in the community. Um, if you're in a family office that you know, derived a lot of their wealth from this area, and if you're not going to do it, why should you expect anybody else to? It's not going to be, frankly, it's, this is not going to be solved by hiring the next mayor, electing the next mayor, or the next city council. They're part of it, but there's no way they can do that. It's got to be, I mean, I, I, I strongly believe now, I mean, especially, that it's going to have to be private sector leaders that step up and say, all right, here's where we've got to go. And everybody has to, you, know, you, you can get on board or not. And if you don't, uh, don't complain when you know, good stuff comes up. Don't try to take the credit. Not that you know, that's why many of us are doing it. But uh, you've got to, I mean, I, yeah, if not, if not you, then who is going to do it? I mean, look, I've got four kids. I, want to, I would like, in a perfect world, I'd like to be here and I'd like for them to be back. Um, you know, my oldest is 14, the youngest is three. Maybe there's enough time to get something done to, to get them back here. Um, but, you know, just, you know, I've been in Shreveport since 2004, so 18 years now. And just the difference in the, in the community then and now. I mean, some good, some bad, though. Um, I mean, population loss, the numbers are bad. I mean, you can't fake that. And, uh, so, you know, investing time, investing resources, and, and trying to come up with uh, with a better idea for how to grow this area. Uh, you know, again, it's a long, long project. So if we don't do it now, you know, selfishly, I've got no chance of getting my kids back here. So. Well, it's funny you say that word because I was, I was going to say selflessly. You've been you've been very selfless in what you've done for the community. Uh, Put a tremendous amount of effort, and we're, we're well. I mean, you know, too. I think uh, not just investing time, taking risk. <laughs> I mean, 
uh, I don't want to get into, into politics very much, but I mean, you know, you've got to be willing to take the risk. And, and you know, some of them are going to work, some of them are not. They're going to, you know, you're going to have egg on your face and you got to be okay with that. But, you know, I think it's far too easy to sit back there and just, you know, wait for, you know, don't make the wrong decision. Just make a decision <laughs> and learn from it, correct it, and move on. Uh, but doing nothing is going to lead to nothing. So, you know, I don't, I don't see that as a, uh, an acceptable, uh, acceptable alternative, right? I mean, it's a, uh, it's an expletive way of dying. <laughs> that is what I would say on a podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I'd rather have less regret than more. You're doing a lot, and we're very sure. grateful. Thank you for taking the and time today. Look at me. What you guys are doing with the YMCA is great too. I mean, you, I, I, I mean, this is a neat idea um, that. Again, hopefully get some message out to people that there are good things happening because uh, it's hard to see in the newspaper on TV at the moment. So, well, thank you. Thank you.